Everybody, I'm Luke and I'm Kurt and welcome back to the breakdown Kurt how was Sunday oh it was great man so good to see you today of course I get to see you most of the time most people don't but uh, I can see you <laughs> yeah. I thought Sunday was so powerful and I uh, just want to hit a couple things real quick before we get into our dialogue uh, how did you feel like Sunday was good day oh I thought Sunday was was so powerful yeah so, so powerful. Yeah, so many things. So we'll, we'll hit those in just a moment. But um, do you want to let you know that uh, we still want to encourage you ladies to actually get out to the hallway and register for the women's retreat coming up in January. And you can also do so online. Now, we do have at School of the Spirit, we have sponsored a, a mini series coming up. We've been talking about this, but I'm, I'm bringing it up here because it's your last week to register. So if you'd like to be a part of that Money 101 mini series and you're not an SOS student, it is $50. You can get on to hpc.church forward slash events and just look for the Money 101. Register right there. Even if you are an SOS student, you need to register as well, but it's free for you. So, mm, mm. so little, little, I love these mini series this year. It's been actually really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And if you've never uh, registered for a School of the Spirit class, you've been thinking about trying it out. This is a really good way to maybe get your feet wet, meet some of the other students, meet some of the instructors. Yeah, that was part of the idea behind it. I think the Holy Spirit gave us was to have these little glimpses, four to six weeks. It's easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to make a connection there. So absolutely. All right. Yeah. So back on Sunday mm -hmm. now, what an amazing time. Of course, we had this powerful moment or moments of worship. Yeah. Uh, where the Lord was really moving. And, you know, hey, let me ask you, because I get to be there and you get to be there, but in the congregation, um, we get to, and we're all part of the congregation, but we're, when we're out in the in the group here, we're experiencing something. What is it like for you on stage when you're singing and you're- In the you're, worship Yeah, team? you're being, you're leading that. Yeah, so this week, it's interesting that you're asking that question because I was reflecting on that myself. Okay, tell us. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see how different first service and second service mm -hmm, felt. Mm -hmm. um, first service, I really felt like the Lord was creeping in. Mm. And it was like before you realize it, it's like, wow, we are overtaken like a tide. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, Sunday was a really foggy uh, morning. Yeah. And we had to get here really early for practice. And so I came over, um, you know, the bridge into Somerset from Fall River. Yep. And there was fog. Oh, I know. And it really... Um, I think the Lord called my attention to it and I was like, wow, the fog is right here. And it's like, we're in this fog and the way it like sits and it creeps in. Um, and I felt like that's what happened in worship too, mm, in first service yeah, where it just kind of, cause you know, Jamal has that way of guiding us in. Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't force anything, but it's like, it just, all of a sudden we were there and mm -hmm. I, you could feel it in the room yeah. where people came in. It wasn't, uh, I mean, we sang some very uh, upbeat songs, Correct. but I didn't get a sense of like, oh, things are being hyped up. It's, we are here for the Lord. And before you knew it at the end, at the end of worship, it was like you, you could tell like worship could have gone on for hours, Absolutely, but we had to get to lioness and the lamb. Yeah, we right? really do. You know, um, but you, we could have sat there. Oh, I know. And, and that's what hit me was there was no, um, working ourselves up into this. Good. It was just being carried in. And mm. before you knew it, just like that fog rolls in. Yeah. It's like, wow, the presence of the Lord was here. Yeah. And he comes. We don't make him come. So good. We just receive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he inhabits mm. the praises of his people. Yes. 
And I do think there is that place of Romans 12, 1, becoming that sacrifice of praise. How do we praise mm-hmm. in the New Testament? You know, we right. present ourselves right. a living sacrifice. And I know, you know, so many times we're walking in there with different things on our mind on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning and just presenting ourselves as a sacrifice of praise. And his response is to come and be in our presence. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, Jamal sang that song, Million Little Miracles. Yes. And... You know, what's the point of that song? It's if we stop mm-hmm. and we examine our lives I know. and we really stop and just, okay, I'm going to make a list of mm. what the Lord has done in my life. Yeah. You are going to find there are a million yep. little miracles. That's it. That's it. And it's like, okay, there wasn't this big, I mean, some people, yes. And we have those moments where it's like the lightning strikes yep. and it's like, wow, God did a miracle here. Yep. But for... But for the majority of our life, it are it is those tiny little things like that fog creeping in before you know it, it's there. Yeah. But you have to stop and look. Yeah. And you'll see like your life is is filled yes. with all these tiny little things that the Lord has done in your life that it's almost exhausting to have to write them all down. <laughs> <laughs> and and thus we get this is the day yes. that the Lord has made. I will. I yes. choose to, will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. And Paul says, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I mean, when you look at the life of Paul and you look at the life of Jesus and you hear that, you know, read that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness, mm. you think, wow, man, like Jesus, a man acquainted with sorrows, and yet he had this oil of gladness more than anyone. It does begin to put us in that place of how we understand the scripture saying, Paul saying, giving thanks in all things. Mm. You know, we may not be living this perfect circumstance that we would say, hey, this is where I know I'm raising my hands and raising right. my hallelujah. Right. But to think through the things. And I would say that I kind of have been doing that in the past couple of weeks of remembering, hey, there's breath in my lungs, there's mm-hmm. sight in my eyes, there's hearing in oh, my yes. ears. I woke up oh, this morning, yes. I went to bed, yes. I was at peace when I did so. Um, just all these things. We could really complain about everything. Mm. Oh, I know. We could. We could. could. Yep. So I think it's great to really chart out the million little miracles that are going on on any given day. So I just wanted to ask you your thought about being up there. And, you know, I know what it's like for me when I'm up there. And I I do feel like when I'm um, playing guitar and singing, a lot of times I'm looking out and I feel as though as a worship leader and as a minister, uh, of this music and worship in the gospel, I feel like I am coming into agreement a lot of times. Yes, that's, with, that's perfect. With yeah. people's needs. Yes. I can see the yes. needs, yes. you know? Yes. And I feel that we're coming into mm-hmm. agreement, you know? And yep. I, I love it. I do cherish those moments. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Which is why if you're a worship leader, it's actually great to keep your eyes open mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can come into agreement with what mm-hmm. people are praying into and praying for. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I feel the same way even even on the weeks when I'm not Correct. on the stage and I'm, Correct. I'm, I'm singing in the congregation. That's it. There are times you feel the Lord bringing things. I know these themes or these um, these needs to your mind. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you might look at someone and it's like if something hits you, it's just pray into that. That's it. It doesn't mean that you have to necessarily go up and grab the microphone, but you pray into that because the Lord dropped that in your head. Yeah. And I talked to Jamal about this, and and he's like, yeah, you know, I really do think that when we pray into those things, it does change something in the spiritual atmosphere. Sure, because again, our our we're not operating in a physical world; it's a spiritual That's world. It. Everything is spiritual. Yeah, well said. That's really good. 
So, I mean, coming off of worship, as it was so difficult, if you were here first service, so difficult to come out of that because it was oh, yeah. just so thick. Oh, yeah. I love that you likened it to the fog. It, it was yes. so thick. And we oh, drove yeah. over the bridge as well, so I yep. could see it. Uh, and it was so thick. So awesome to kind of come out of that and transition and to hear from Chelsea, who is a native and somebody we just love. Um, and we'll get to what she shared in a moment. But I, I have to say, I love when the ladies come from Lioness and the Lamb. And I just think it's it's so powerful to hear these stories and to think about how our own lives have been touched. And and I want to get into something that's coming to me now. I talk to a lot of people in our school or in our church, and they don't have this really, what they would say, this amazing testimony of mm. great loss and then great right. salvation. And it's like, I don't have a testimony. And, it, and I always encourage people, you know, hey, your testimony is that God kept you. Amen. He kept yeah. you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not that he didn't keep us who went off into rebellion. It's just that I chose rebellion. And Chelsea oh, yes. shared that on Sunday. Oh, you yes. know, at some point I made a decision, yeah. but there was a lot of things that went into those to mm-hmm. that decision making. Um, and just to see, too, no matter where you are, if you are like me and like some of the ladies shared, you know, a life of rebellion or or just forsaking something you grew up in, like having grown up in a Christian household, or if the Lord kept you all the way through, mm-hmm. like we shouldn't. We shouldn't downplay any one of those. No, no. And, and I think we have to stop for a second and remember, because uh, this this factors into her message as yeah. well, is, well, what is Satan's game plan mm-hmm. with us? Yeah. Because um, how do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's it. So Satan working in our hearts and our minds to make us think that we to make us believe that we don't have a powerful testimony. Yes. That's part of how he stifles our victorious walk in Christ. So good. Right? So good. So if we find ourselves believing that, we need to say, okay, that is from the enemy. That's it. I'm going to stop and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to show me and remind me what has the Lord done in my life? Mm-hmm. What has he done? And then also, what has he saved me from? Yeah. Left unchecked. Yeah. Where would I have ended up. That's it. Because that is that is your testimony. It really is. Your testimony isn't just the things that you did and what the Lord um, you know, did to rectify that in your life, but it's also when the Lord came in, he stopped you from going down a path of destruction. So good. And he can show you what that might have looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for and for those who maybe have grown up in the church and was like, I was just always this way, like it was just always good. You know, it's interesting that we could actually see if we were to if we were to play the game of judging ourselves according mm-hmm. to God's righteous holy law, right. nobody stands the test. Mm-hmm. Nobody passed. And so it's like, no, even even the smallest lie, yes. the smallest detail, the jot or the tittle mm-hmm. of the law that we broke in the smallest breaks it all. So we all are laid bare and guilty in his sight, which praise God, that's the glory of salvation. Yes, it's a it free is. gift. Amen. Amen. So it's just really powerful to hear mm-hmm. from our from our ladies and to, to see, hey, and, and what I love that Chelsea kept bringing us back to is, church, this is your fruit. Mm-hmm. This is your fruit. Um, so when we have local domestic missionaries coming in or we have international missionaries like Bishops Darshan, um, whoever comes in and shares, we we can see the fruit that's happening in the other parts of the, the world and we can see the fruit that's happening in the other parts of this region, this area, mm-hmm. just a little bit beyond in New York. So yes. just really good yeah. stuff. I always get really uh, fired up after hearing testimonies. Oh, I do too. Because what I come away with is knowing, okay, this really is real. I know this is real yeah. and I can see it in my life, but I know yeah. 
yeah. this is real. So That's let's so let's good. keep going. It's like it gives you that that strength that you needed to kick, you know, to dig in for like the, the last quarter of the game. Oh, it's so good. It's interesting you would bring that up because it it kind of does kind of does point to what Chelsea was talking about in terms of the endurance that's needed. Mm -hmm. And she talked about when she started the ministry some five years ago, and it was just all good. There was, you know, there were challenges. There's always mm -hmm. challenges. But I've been talking in, in our classes about this. Some of the things that I'm becoming aware to is Paul's words of saying like, hey, I've run the race. I've finished the, the course. I have kept the faith. Mm -hmm. And if we can just look at that's really the end game of the enemy. That's really the end result. That's what his hope is, right. that we would be stifled and we would quit. Right. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And we're already saved and we're already born again and we're already seated, sealed, mm -hmm. seated with Christ in Amen. heavenly places. Amen. But it is so important that we keep the faith and hold on to right. because there are people that are watching and there is a work yet for us to do. And it's important that we hold on to that. Mm -hmm. Amen. And to Amen. not lose sight of keeping that faith. So Chelsea, she began to bring us into this passage uh, from first Kings. I got to pull it up here. Was it first Kings or second? First Kings yeah, 17. First Kings. And, and, and she was talking about Elijah and Mark Carmel, Mark Carmel. Uh, I guess, depending on where you are, you would say it. <laughs> little, little tongue twister <laughs> little there. Tongue twister there. And just how important it it's is. It's definitely caramel. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. when you're when you have it, it's right. caramel. But yeah. Mount Carmel, I don't think it was Mount Caramel. Okay. So I think, I Moses think was on uh, hot fudge, Matthew, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what Sinai translates I so. as? I think so. Yeah. It's hot fudge. Hot fudge. Yeah. I like this, Luke. I like I like the joking, Luke. We should pull that out more often. You know, sometimes I'm trying to drop a, a funny joke with you, and I don't know if you're going to get it, so I just keep going. I'll drop it. I really like it. I think we should do this more often. And if I don't get it, it's funny. It right? is funny. Yeah. We're laughing on the repeat, on the replay. So here we are looking at the life of Elijah and, and just Chelsea talking about what it means not just to be in ministry. I want to say this, Luke. Um, it really blessed me that Chelsea got up there, uh, full transparency, full vulnerability. Yeah. And literally, as she was saying it, I could see it. She says, I would like to pull back the curtain. And I want to say, too, we've been having this dialogue uh, amongst my peers and even in the classroom. We look at ministers sometimes and we look at what they accomplish in mm -hmm. the faith. And we can tend to idolize and put up on platforms and say, right. wow, that's amazing what they're able to do. Um, but we're all human. Correct. We are all human mm -hmm. and we all are fighting the good fight of faith and we're working to keep the faith. And so when a minister, I really, really appreciate it. When and again, we're all ministers. I'm not going to teach on that, mm -hmm. but I really appreciate when somebody who has dedicated their lives to being a bond servant and a follower of Jesus in this full time vocation, when they've dedicated their lives, I appreciate like Chelsea when she pulls back the curtain and says, I just want to give you insight into how I'm walking this out. It's really encouraging, isn't it? Oh, it's very, very encouraging. Very, very encouraging. Because, you know, when we see ministry, the more public parts of it. Yes, the public They've parts. already gone through a refining process within the minister, right? Yep. So if you're giving a sermon or, or you're preparing, um, you know, for worship or, or teaching a class, you've already worked things out with the Holy Spirit where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is the truth that the Lord is calling me to share, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it has that refined, more more of a refined product, or uh, pre you know, prepared, you know, skillfully prepared. So it looks, it, it it looks and sounds good, yeah, right, yeah. But behind all of that, <laughs> behind it all, is a person, yes. a person that the Lord has chosen to use, a person with feelings, a person who is 
who has to live out and yes. work through yes. the things that they are sharing before they can share them, right? That's it. That's it. So, and that's what it is. Like when, when we're talking about pulling back the curtain, mm-hmm. it's okay, I'm going to show you this is what it's like to really be a minister. Yeah. It's not, it's not just like we've been talking about the mountaintop experience. That's it. There's a whole journey behind that. There really is. A whole journey. And that's why I appreciate when somebody who I would liken to a bond servant, mm-hmm. somebody who has dedicated their life for the sole purpose of advancing God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that can be vocation or it can be by vocation. It right. doesn't really matter. But somebody who's fully dedicated to that end. And I just find it so beautiful for that person to say, hey, I want to give you insight. And I like what you're bringing up, too, because a lot of times the polished look that we see on the front or the public demonstration Mm -hmm. and articulation of that doesn't always give us a fuller picture of what actually took place for them to get there. Right. And I just think it's great. So it's really awesome. So she gets into this message and kind of looking at her own life. and, And here, I just I loved the two points uh, that were coming up. And again, she kept saying, if you if you want to get the full context of the story, go back and read 1 Kings 17. But Elijah's expectations. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about this. She brought up that Elijah had two expectations. And number one, that his sacrifice would catch fire. He was just so confident. He even said, we're going to dig a trench around it. and <laughs> We're going to douse it with water multiple times. We're going to make sure that no man is receiving glory on this mm. because God wants to show his heart. He wants to right. show who he is. It's not Baal. It's God. Mm-hmm. It's our God. Right. And no one's going to glory in that. So he was confident of that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. he was so confident <laughs> that he was mocking yeah. uh, the priests of Baal for cutting themselves up and yeah. yelling. He's like, yell louder. <laughs> you know, maybe Baal's sleeping. Or maybe he's relieving himself. Right. He might be exactly. busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So he's very confident. He is. Very, very confident. And and one couldn't even say, wow, that's really cocky. Like, Elijah better know. But there was such an intimacy mm-hmm. that he had with God. And I, I, I think it's really important that we highlight that, that, that what he's about to endure and go through when he runs from the words of Jezebel and this fear does not negate this intimacy, this closeness that he has with God up until this point. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all attest, if we would look at our own lives, we could see, again, this is on the heels of the story, uh, or not the story, rather, but the account of the ravens and the water, you know, being led mm-hmm. by the brook and being fed by right. the ravens. And when you are led through a wilderness and you're you're fed, you're cared for, um, again, on the heels of the uh, the widow, where he's all this caring is happening. Yes. You see God's supernatural provision, yes. right? God is communicating something to us, but there's still a level of intimacy that he desires with us, which you see Elijah does not get until after right. he goes through this. Right, right. And I and I think part of that is because he's so, um, it's the mantle that the Lord had put on him to be the prophet to the people. Yes. So he's living in this big mission of there is a drought because of the evil in the land and the Lord is going to perform judgment. And so, and I think that's, that's Elijah's, like it's his heart. Like you can feel it. It's like everything in him is, I need to get to this battle, mm. this showdown mm-hmm. on Mount Carmel. Wow. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, the Lord is providing for him along the way, but he's, this is where he's focused. Yeah. And he gets here and, and Chelsea was talking about how part of his response after is 
based in his expectations. Yep. Like we can kind of you know grab these um, these expectations from the story. Yeah. Uh, because you know he he was expecting you 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 can tell he's expecting the fire yep. to come down and burn up the sacrifice. Correct. Because all of his all of his confidence, all of his actions up to, up until that point, even having them pour water over the sacrifice, mm-hmm. he he knows what's going to happen. But then the other piece is he's not prepared for Jezebel and Ahab to still be after him. That's it. Because he he after after the fire gets after the sacrifice gets consumed, they go out and they kill all the priests. Like he tells them, go out yep. and kill all the priests of Baal and Asherah. Mm-hmm. But Jezebel and Ahab, Jezebel especially, they are angry yeah. at him. Yep. They aren't they aren't fearful. They're, it's almost like he forgets that all of that stuff ever happened. Yeah. And it's like all he sees is Jezebel's angry at me and she's after me. Yeah. Right? Which we we look at these accounts and we think, okay, how could somebody who walked so supernaturally with God then fear someone so little? Mm-hmm. All these prophets of Baal have been slain, and even that sacrifice was lapped up by the power of God mm-hmm. and his presence. So how is it we're fearing Jezebel? And I just love if we could look and glean in a little bit further. Again, Chelsea talking about the unmet expectation. The first expectation was met, but the unmet expectation that that Jezebel and Ahab would either A, their hearts would be turned, or B, they would also get a result of what they deserve in right. that moment. Right. And yet Jezebel is still allowed to speak and to declare this, mm-hmm. creating fear inside mm-hmm. of Elijah. And right. so he runs. Right. And I think that the, the bigger part here is for us to look at our own lives. Again, Paul says that all these things that are written in these Old Testament, all these writings, they are for our benefit. Mm-hmm. They are for us to go and to learn and to glean and to understand because we all face, we may not be facing the physical prophets and mm-hmm. all these different things, but we are facing a number of challenges. And there are times we see victories. Right. There are so many times we see victories, but what about when it looks like we're dealing with a loss or right. we do suffer a right. loss right. and it looks like a failure? What then? Right. Because there is the the humanity of the vessel that the Lord chooses to use, right? And our humanity is... Number one, we're we're marred by sin. We're yeah. we're imperfect because of sin, mm-hmm. um, and and then you know we we struggle. We have to grow, right? And the Lord is using us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's confident. We get this confidence when we see what the Lord does in those big moments. Yep. But then, after every big moment, we all have to go home, right? <laughs> oh, I know. We all have to go home. I know. Where we still confront. Our humanity yes. and the process of sanctification, the oh, Lord yes. making us more perfect, yes. implies that there's still imperfections. I know. And when we're by ourselves and we're in those quiet moments, mm-hmm. that's when Satan really likes to do his work. He does. Right? He does. And and you get that in the story. I yeah. love how um, she brought out um, how what what people called uh, Elijah, how they responded to Elijah in these situations. Mm. It's like, you know, that's what Satan wants him to think. So like when, when he, uh, when he's at the, the widow's house, right. And her son dies and she's like, you've come to, you know, accuse me of my sins and kill my son. And it's like, that's not, that's not the point at all. Like that's not why he came. Right. And, And this is on the heels of provision. I know. 
and 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 miraculous provision. I, know. I mean, I know. You, things were not the oil was not running out, the flour was not running out, and yet things can turn just like that. Yep. And he hears that coming I know. at him. I know. And then Ahab calling him the troubler, the troubler of, of Israel. Israel. Yes. And and I just I love that you're bringing this up because we are in our new covenant. We understand that according to what Paul writes in Corinthians, we are casting down these arguments mm-hmm. and imaginations and everything that exalts itself up against the knowledge of God. And we're what? Taking every thought captive. captive. Because while we right. may not be experiencing those things face to face, we do. Some of us get those mm-hmm. hurled insults, right? Mm-hmm. But we are actually in a great battle in our mind with the thoughts that the enemy is constantly whispering in our ears. Right. Look at you. You think you're so good. Right. You just had a great victory, but guess what? You just caught up. You get caught up in that sin. Mm-hmm. Look at that failure right there. Right. You know? Right. And and he does. He loves to show up mm-hmm. on the heels of a victory yep. and start whispering lies. Yep. Oh, you have this problem going on at home. Yep. Oh, you have this problem going on at work. And then it's all to tear us down mm-hmm. and to, again, cause us to turn inward to ourselves yep. instead of looking to the truth of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the mission and the victory that that Christ has called us to and what he's working through us. Again, that's what we have to remember is even those big moments, that wasn't that's not us. It's not us. It's never us. I it's know. the Holy Spirit. It's Christ working through us. Yeah. So it's his victory. Yep. And he's with us in those little moments. Yeah. Too. But we have to again, it's it's hard because you're you're confronting those weak sides of you. Yeah. And I think I think that can be very challenging to reconcile. God, how could you use me to do this great and mighty thing? And yet in this area of my life, there's some cowardice mm-hmm. and I'm running right. in this area. And she talked about it. I may not have physically run, Chelsea said, mm-hmm. but in my mind, I was running. Right. And and for those of us, and Pastor Zach talked about this this year, uh, for those of us that were runners, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And mm-hmm. we can run from a situation not realizing there's still a confrontation that needs to be had. But mm-hmm. you see what happens. Elijah runs, but the Lord meets him. And and Elijah, it's really interesting that the Lord will reveal himself. We teach all about this. Everybody does this. But to me, it's interesting that the Lord would reveal himself in a still small voice because Elijah was used to seeing the power. The big stuff. Yeah. The big stuff. Right. And, and I think it really speaks to this um this desire that I think we all feel, especially in those moments, it's Lord, when are you going to show up for me? <laughs> yeah, like for for me. Yeah, you know, not just how how you're moving Use through me. me yeah, yeah, but like, how are you? I want you to show up for me. Me, right? Yeah, and God does, but He's teaching Elijah something very important. Yeah, it's no, I'm coming in a very personal way. So good. And I re- I remember uh, what what Pastor Zach said at. I think he was pre- this was when he was preaching around Easter time. He was talking about how Jesus comes into Jerusalem. He says, uh, you know, he comes on a donkey. He doesn't come as the big king that the people were experiencing. He comes low, slow, and in the afterglow. Yeah. And that is how God shows up for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's in a deeply personal way. It's good. There's public gold medal moments. It's good. But behind every public gold medal moment is a solitary workout where you have to confront your weaknesses and the Lord meets you there in a deeply personal way. Wow. Did you ever say that before? Have you ever rehearsed that statement? No. Somebody needs to hit replay, rewind, go back a few seconds. That was really powerful, Luke. And that is, in part, I believe why Chelsea was pulling back. 
that veil and that curtain to say, hey, take a look in because we can easily build up and lift up you know, all these glorious moments. I keep thinking of Matthew 17, when Jesus reveals himself on this, what we call Mount of Transfiguration to Peter, James, and John, and Elijah and Moses are there. And it's like, Peter's like, hey, this is it. This mm-hmm. is where we've arrived. This is where we're going to set up tabernacles mm-hmm. and praise and worship. Yes. And Jesus, and, and, and the cloud comes over and God begins to speak and says, this is my beloved son, hear him. Mm-hmm. It's not the booming thunder. No. It's not a Moses. It's not Moses. It's not Elijah. But God, who in times past spoke to us right. through his prophets, has now chosen to speak to us through his son. Right. We have the Holy right. Spirit speaking mm-hmm. to us. Amen. I love the point that you're raising here that we see in this account with Elijah that all of this big stuff that happened that he was used to, God wanted to show, I do show up in a very small mm-hmm. and personal and intimate way. Mm-hmm. Because you know as well as I do, isn't that really the longing of our heart? Don't we have power to endure? Like when the angel appears to Elijah and gives him sustenance and says, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Don't we have power to endure, ability to endure when we know that the Lord has met us intimately and personally? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, like Satan accuses us and it causes us to feel a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in those moments we have to remind ourselves, okay, what's the truth? Who does Jesus call me? Yeah. Who am I in Christ? And um, we remind ourselves of that. So then that reminds us, okay, I'm walking in relationship to Jesus. Like we've been talking the last two weeks. I know. The the name of the shepherd. Jesus yep. is our shepherd. He's walking with us every day. Yeah. And um, so we tell Satan who we are yep. in Christ. We That's remind it. him. Yep. And like our battle is not with him. His battle is actually with Jesus because Jesus wins the battle for us. Um. And then yet Jesus still deals with how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so we just bring him our feelings and we say, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling fearful. I know who I am in you, but I'm feeling this way. And then Jesus meets us in that special way. And I feel like I can't go any further in description because it's going to be so personal to it each is. individual person, what he will do with you to work out that feeling. Yeah. Well, you and I were just talking about this before we stepped onto the mic and and in one of our dialogues off the mic Mm -hmm. last week, and we were talking about how the Lord was was speaking very intimately and personally to me about some things. And it's like, oh, wow, like I really Mm -hmm. needed that. Yes. And it was so powerful. Yes. Right. And, and, and I, I, I just, I got the sense, um, it's the Lord is going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. And we have to have that faith. He ha- he will provide. But I think sometimes he he's like, I have the provision, but first I want to deal with this. I, w- I want to deal with how you're feeling yeah. because you shouldn't feel that way. Well, I want to say too, what I was, what I was uh, realizing when you were speaking was I was trying to either couch the feelings, control the feelings, mm-hmm. Or could form the feelings. Right. I wasn't necessarily trying to deal right. with the feelings. Right. I thought I could withhold those feelings from God and act like He can't see those. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no. but He it, with right. Elijah, right. God still wanted right. to deal with them. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. Because ultimately, you can't stay there. He right. doesn't want you, even though that's what you're mm-hmm. feeling. It doesn't align with the truth of who exactly. you are. Exactly. And then when the Lord meets us in those feelings and reveals more of Himself, we get another truth. So the next time Satan tries to make us feel anxious or afraid, we go back to that time and it's like, well, you're, I'm feeling this way, but I know 
the truth is the Lord meets me in this way. That's it. And it's those million little miracles. That's it. That's it. That's really powerful. Very powerful. So, you know, we're about to wrap up here and we do want to pray and just trust the Lord for how he's leading us. But as we're doing these breakdowns and as you're coming to Sunday service and experiencing the worship and listening to the word, again, the goal of the breakdown and the goal of gathering on a Sunday is so that we can be encouraged, so that we can be refined, and so we can be meditating on these things throughout the week. And as the Lord is dealing with us, let's yield. Mm -hmm. Let's listen in. Let's allow him to deal with us because he's so loving. Yes. He wants to root it out. Mm -hmm. So I do want to pray over that unless you have any any final remarks today. I think this is is really good. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Do you want to pray? Sure. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you are always present with us Mm -hmm. as our good shepherd, uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, it lives inside of us if we are yours. And Father, I pray for those who are listening that um, just need to be reminded of that, that they need to know that you are there with them. And so, yes. Father, I pray that even right now as they're listening, that you would uh, stir in their hearts, uh, that they would look to you um, and give you uh, those places in their heart where they feel alone or scared or, or abandoned, and, and you would show them how you are meeting their need and how um, in you they don't have to fear, they don't have to worry, that they are yours and you always take care of what is yours. Yes, you and you're not going to leave us aside. You you still go after us, mm-hmm. even in the midst of you know the big victory of the crowd, um, even as you're, you're rejoicing with those who are rejoicing. For those who are afraid, you're still going after them to try to carry them along and and move us into the place that you're taking your people. So we give you uh, the rest of our week. We give you um, all of our moments, and we look forward to what's going to happen next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week.